I was at uh, a prayer meeting on Thursday, and I had a, <laughs> a dear brother say, "You, you're that guy." There's a, yeah, what did you call it? You're, 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 miracle debt cancellation. You're, you're the guy. You're the guy. Well, let me tell you, Jesus is the guy. But I want to tell you something tonight. We're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about the God of the turnaround. Hallelujah. The God of the turnaround. So, friends, uh, hang with me on the journey. I won't keep you very long, but we want to make sure that you get the deposit that the Holy Ghost has for you tonight. The nature of living in the earth arena, if you haven't already, you'll find yourself in situations where you desperately need a turnaround. In other words, things look so terribly bad (laughs) that you need something to change. A contract, a relationship, uh, a health situation, a family situation, a living situation. Uh, Things can get so desperately bad that uh, unless you have an absolute turnaround, uh, there there is uh, basically uh, a a sense that uh, we would go down the tubes. But of course, we know that Jesus won't let us go down the tubes. Somebody say amen to that. But I am so excited. Let me me talk to you before we get into our scriptures of... uh, um, of, of a turnaround, uh, basically it's a complete reversal of a situation or set of circumstances. Uh, positive, sustained reversal uh, of a prevailing negative situation. And uh, I wanted to, to um, uh, clarify that sometimes we find ourselves in situations because of a bad decision or a mistake. Anybody ever made a mistake before? You, you made a bad decision. You, you did something that, that you seemed like the right thing at the time, but you were a little distracted. You didn't really pray about it like you maybe should have or could have. Amen, somebody. And so you find yourself in a difficult situation and and it's got claws on you (laughs) Uh, or else sometimes it's the decisions of others sometimes it's not your decision at all Uh, let's say uh, let's say that you you work for a company and this company is now moving to um, Japan (laughs) and uh, and and you you had your career like oh my goodness so so there's this interesting difficulty because you know that it seems that jobs are hard to come by and you've put several years in on this company and you might retire. I'm just building a scenario for you. That would represent a very difficult dilemma for some people. You know, I've got two years to retire and the company's up and moving to Japan and like, what do I do? You know, how many think that, that, that you could use a turnaround or breakthrough in that situation? Oh, any number of things, friends. Um, let's see where else. And, and I, want to, I want to point something out before we get into this. I want to pay particular attention to this, that it's the way that things play out. You see, a lot of times we find ourselves in our little life, like Brother Keith Hershey says, and as we walk through situations, uh, we find ourselves with people, places, and things interacting, doing the best we can. Everybody said amen. We pray. We, do, we attempt to be righteous and do the right thing. Everybody said amen. But sometimes, you know, people get gnarly on you. Sometimes situations, they seem like, really? <laughs> uh, it's a curve. Life will throw you a curve. It, or am I the only person that life threw a curve to? Or if somebody else had a curve thrown at you. I didn't mean to bring a rev, uh, something related to baseball tonight. I'm sorry. I try not to do that again. <laughs> uh, but but the, the thought is that, that if you really trust the God of the turnaround, you will come to understand that no matter what the, how things are playing out with people, place and, places, and things, the hand of the Lord is so amazing. The way that he plays turns things around. 
you know, in, 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 with, with employment situations, with relational situations, in ministry situations. He just turns things around and what you least expect it happens because, or what you, the, I'll put it this way, you're expecting it to happen, but the way you thought it would happen, that's what I really want to put my finger on, the way you thought it would happen is not that way at all. So, so God is full of surprises like that. So let's talk about a couple of things. I, I want to I kind of look at a couple of turnarounds today. And if you don't mind, I might just get really exhortive. This may not be very much of a like scripture on scripture. But, but we have like believers in the house tonight, right? Let's look at the story of Joseph. And this, we're just going to look at a handful of stories as much as time allows. If you look at the story of Joseph, he represents to me... Uh, uh, the story of a man that was able to live out his life in such a way that he took what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around for good. So the question to us believers is, does God still do that today? You know, it's amazing. He, he's full of things like that. In Joseph, if you know Joseph's story at all, and it's a marvelous story. Every, I was reading it the other day, and I just got chills. <laughs> I, I actually was weeping as I was hearing the story. It's like, are you serious? You couldn't write a novel or a, 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 a soap opera better than that. This is amazing. <laughs> but in Genesis chapter 37, Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. I mean, first, let's go a little before that. He has a dream, right? He has a dream that God's going to exalt him and help him to do things, and his brothers are going to bow down to him and things like this. So he goes out and blabs his dream to his brothers, and of course, his brothers hate him. One of the translations said they weren't even on speed. They couldn't even say hello in a peaceable way. You know, in life, sometimes people are the most difficult thing to deal with. How many of you have found that to be true? People can be gnarly sometimes, honorary, just hard to deal with. But God can turn hearts. He's the God of the turnaround. But in this situation, it's amazing how the life of Joseph played out and how the God of the turnaround was able to turn something that the devil and his brothers meant for evil and turn it around for something that was amazingly good. So let's just touch his story a little bit and then we'll go on to the next one. Genesis 37, 25. Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. You can put it up there. Genesis 37, 25. And he sold to Midianite trainers, traders as a slave and they sat down to... Genesis, okay. And behold, a company, these are the brothers had all taken Joseph, thrown him in a pit, right? And then they're having lunch and wondering, what are we going to do? Are we going to kill him? And then what, the elder brother chimes up, no, let's not kill him. Instead, behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery bombs, are going to carry it to Egypt. Verse 26 talks about how then uh, they, uh, verse 26, that's still 25. Anyway, what, what they decided to do is let's take them. Uh, that's not 26, but I'll tell you what, let's go to, let's, they, they sold, there it is. Uh, hey, what, why should we slay him and, and try to hide his blood? And then as you go down to the, to the rest of the scriptures, they decide, let's sell him. Don't kill the guy. Just, let's just sell him. Let's just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. So they did. They sold him. And so the Midianite traders, the Ishmaelites, they go down to Egypt and look at how this plays out. They end up selling Joseph into Potiphar's hand as a slave. Potiphar just happens to be a captain in Pharaoh's court. He's one of the guard. I mean, this is just, let me tell you something. In God, nothing just happens to be. Can I say here an amen on that? With God, the turn of events is never just chance. It just happened that this, they happen to be there. 
It just so happens that Potiphar happened to be at the auction and he bid on this kid. It just so happens that the guy happens to be, what, a captain of Pharaoh's house. So, I mean, of Pharaoh's, uh, uh, one of his military guys. So then, in in Genesis 39, Joseph is prospering because the hand of the Lord is on him. Like the hand of the Lord is on you, friends. Somebody say, the hand of the Lord is on me for good. Listen, if you don't believe that, you need to start working on it. Yes. I said, if you don't believe that, that the hand of the Lord is upon you for good and that whatever you do prospers, you need to start working on that. I remember working on a really horrible, wretched real estate deal that went really south because of a stupid decision. And I spent a lot of time trying to fix that place up to make it look good in a sinking market so I can get rid of it. And I and, and you know, while everybody's having fun, I'm in that lousy place say and I'm telling myself this place has this has to sell because I'm putting my hand to it if nothing else just because I'm blessed that's right it wasn't that this place was so fabulous it wasn't the greatest location it really wasn't it was a horrible market but I said and I believed that whatever I put my hand to prosper so here I am scrubbing these fixtures and it has to prosper here I am painting little things and trying to make it happen and it's got to sell why because I believe that the hand of the Lord is upon me for good. And, what, and I'm doing what Psalm 1 says. And whatsoever he doeth shall probably... He meditates on the word day and night, right? Toward the end of Psalm 1. And whatsoever he puts his hand to, prospers. So I'm putting my hand to you. You've got to prosper. Nobody shows up to the open houses, but you're still prophesying. It's not... Listen, it's not because of the market. It isn't because of the jobs. It isn't because of government policy. It's because you are anointed. Now get that. The turn of events will happen because you are anointed. Not because some policy happened. Because things are always going to come out of left field. I mean, who of of us would have predicted that the market was going to fall like a lead balloon? Help us out, somebody. But you have to believe that you're anointed. So here's, here's Joseph. He's prospering in Potiphar's house. He's causing everything under his hand to prosper. And Potiphar noticed that. But then, of course, he's wrongfully accused in Genesis 39, verse 11 through 20. You know, uh, the wife throws herself at him. He, he, he uh, of course, is an upright man. Is not going to play around with that. But uh, So he's thrown into prison. But he, ha- he prospers there. I mean, you might feel like you got the short of the, stick, of the stick. But let me encourage you. If you are a Christian, you never get the short end of any stick. You've got a crown on your head. Hello. And whatsoever you do will prosper. You've got the most important thing to hang on to in difficult times like this is I'm anointed. The anointing of the Lord is upon me. The hand of the Lord is upon me. Everybody with that on that. Now, how could this be? I want you to notice they're, they're describing Joseph as prospering and pro- he's a slave. He owns nothing. Maybe not even the shirt on his back. He owns nothing. And yet he's called a prosperous man. Help me somebody. And, and, and Potter puts everything in his hand. Okay, he gets wrongfully accused. What a bummer. Anybody ever been wrongfully accused? At the coffee pot, people talking about you. and <laughs> Okay, so you move on to a different place. He's now in the prison. Oh, great. That's a real up-and-coming Fortune 500, you know, the prison cell. But they put it under his hand, and, and he prospered there, too. Yeah. 
And then eventually, you know how, how, how it, things don't just play out. You know how there were dreams that eventually something happened with the butler and the cook and the baker and they got thrown into prison and uh, we won't turn the scripture. You just, just let's follow the narrative because I want to cover with you in this case, the way things play out. So they have a dream. They say, we don't know what happened. We don't understand this dream. But see, the Spirit of God is on Joseph and he interprets the dream. One of the most valuable things that you have in life is the wisdom of God in whom, and you in whom the Spirit of God resides. Do you think this is normal every day for the people in the world? They're in darkness. Hello? You've got the light. You've got wisdom and understanding. I like what happened, how they described Daniel and the Hebrew children there in Daniel chapter 1. They were ten times better than all the rest. Now please understand, when we say all the rest, all the other students, scholars, magicians and that, they, they were the best of the best of the heathen world. You got that? But these little teenage boys were ten times better than them. So whatever the world has to offer, they cannot come up against a man and a woman that loves God, know they're a covenant person, hello, that are blessed, that are unselfish and are operating in the wisdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. And so, you know, the, the dreams are interpreted. Okay, baker, you're, uh, who, I think the baker's going to get that. But the cupbearer is going to, he's going to, he's going to make it. And then how about the turn of events? The, the baker, the, finally they get released out of prison. The baker gets a whoop. And the, and the cupbearer, he makes it back to the king. And he forgets about Joseph. It says two years pass. Come on. I mean, come on, God, friends. There's a process in life. I said, there's a process of life. You've got to believe that God is the God of the turnaround. That there's the God's working on something. You've got to believe that no matter how difficult that situation is. If you're in the middle of a lawsuit, you've got to believe that. If you're in the middle of a claim, if you're in the middle of going through a disease, if you're, if you're in a project and there's people resisting you and people coming against you, you've got to believe. If God called you to do that, that God's working in the, in the midst of it. Amen. Somebody said amen. amen. And so, um, where were we? Uh, he, uh, he, two years pass, and th- that's to tell us that sometimes time will pass. But you know, you stay constant. I said, you stay constant. You still understand the anointing was still working in Joseph. Those two years, extra years. They weren't wasted years. He was still growing in favor. He was still over the prison, which is another story, another line for us. Stay faithful where you are. Let the anointing flow where you are. A lot of people say, I don't belong here. Duh. You think a man like Joseph belongs in a dungeon somewhere? Organizing lunches for prisoners? The guy is a king and a priest unto God. Hello. He's a prophet, actually. What's he doing in a dungeon somewhere? Do, do, can, you, can you see the, 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 the dichotomy that the guy is, is in a situation that's far beneath his potential? Somebody said amen. That sounds to me like underemployed. <laughs> I mean, you might be working in Arby's roast beef for $9 an hour, but you know good and well there's more in there than just Arby's roast beef at $9 an hour. Somebody said amen. I'm getting hungry. Hallelujah. Oh, he hit something good right there. But you see, the the take home on that one is you stay where you keep exercising your anointing, even if it's in a scenario that's far beneath where you thought, where you believe you can, what, what God can have you to do. Somebody said, amen. I'm preaching real good now. 
See, a lot of us will get discouraged and what we'll start doing is we'll start complaining and we'll start, we'll just, we'll just won't do anything. We'll just say, well, I won't work here and I won't apply myself there. Why? I won't apply myself here and there because, because why? Well, because that's too, that, that, that's not enough money and that's not really what I, I, I have so much more potential friends where the door opens up and there's a leading step into it and exercise your anointing. Hallelujah. A man's gift will make a place for him. He, amen. I have friends sitting in the room. I don't want to steal somebody's thunder. I have friends in the room that write that as sure as the Lord lives, they've walked into companies and say, well, uh, uh, we don't have a position available now, but we'll make one because we want you. Yes. I'm telling you, somebody that I know sitting in this room right now, walk into a company when hiring was tight. Hello, somebody. They said, they said, I can, they, they looked at him. They went, they looked at each other and said, we want him. What, are the, what do you mean they want him? They want the anointing and the ability that God has given and put in his hand. We're going to invent a position for you. I think it's time for the world to sit up and take note. It's time to start. Get out of the box. Christians, are, we're out of the box. Hallelujah. We're into the anointing. Praise God. So, moving right along. So, two years passed, but he still operated where he was. Let's go on to the next part of it. You know, what happens is that eventually, in, it, it isn't until Genesis 41, he's at age 30 now. Uh, where he rises to power, where eventually Pharaoh has a dream. Duh, the Lord will speak to people. Can God speak to people and, and put you on their heart? Absolutely. You see it all throughout the Bible. We don't have enough time to talk about it all. But, you know, God is touching hearts today for you. He is touching hearts today for you. So instead, see, here's, a, here's a thought. Instead of crying and moping and groping about what you do or don't have, why don't you thank God and, and, and release your faith that hearts are being touched and people are going out of their way to do something for you. Amen. And you know what? They will. So anyway, you know, he interprets Pharaoh's dream and everybody is floored. They hear the wisdom coming out of this guy, and they are floored. And so he says, who else has the plan here to, uh, to interpret the dreams? And, and he describes it in whom the Spirit of God is. And such wisdom. Let's put him in charge. And you know what he says? No one in Egypt will so much as lift a finger. Except, you, except they ask your permission first. Are you kidding me? A Hebrew kid? That comes in and is accused of something and thrown into prison. And he comes from the prison to second in command in Egypt. Are you serious right now? Are you kidding me? Can God turn situations around? Now let me give you the, one of the reasons why it's important for you to believe that God will turn situations around. You see, it would be nice so that you could have a good life. It's, do you think that, that uh, Joseph's life was better because he didn't have to live in the dungeon? Well, yeah. Do you think his food was better? Mm-hmm. you think his threads were better? Mm-hmm. Do you think he had a few more privileges? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. you think he had servants? Yeah, sure he did. Do you think, you think it was a bigger payroll? <laughs> Absolutely. But that's not where the story ends, friend. The Lord prospered Joseph for a specific reason. And we're going to see it right here. It wasn't just... To bless his life. 
There was a purpose behind him being elevated. It wasn't just to make a good life for him. And God isn't looking to turn situations around for you. Just, although he, he loves us and he wants to turn things around. But something's going to happen when things get turned around for us. Let's look at it. And I think our take home scripture is Genesis chapter 50 verse 19, 19 through 20. The brothers, of course, the dad had, had died, and, and, and our key scripture is, 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 is going to be in verse 20. But uh, the brothers thought, listen, now that dad, now that pops has died, I think that he's going to get mad at us, and he's going to deal wretchedly with us because he's only been treating us good only because, you know, dad was around. But the story changes as he reveals his heart. Joseph, verse 19, said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you thought evil against me. That boss thought evil against you. That mom, dad, brother, or sister, or aunt, they thought evil against you. That company may have thought evil against you. But, look what it says, but God meant it unto good. Why? Why? Let's read this together. To bring to pass as it is this day, for what purpose? To save much people. Say that with me. To save much people. You are too good a secret to be held just to be super blessed, just to keep it to yourself. There is a whole sphere of influence that God wants you to expand your life. He wants Heart of the Bay Christian Center to be strong and the families of Heart of the Bay Christian Center to expand. Not just so that we can say, oh, we're expanded, we're debt free, we're, we're successful. No, He wants us to be able to save much people. Say save much people. You know, I like, I like what it said in Knox. In the Knox translation, you may not have it up there. So let me read it. You thought to do me harm, but God turned it all to good, to a good account. I was to be raised up to greatness, as you see, for the saving of a multitude of people. Remember when Sister Patsy was here, she was praying and things, and, and others, uh, Mark Brzee and others, they were ministering along the line of why, what is at the heart of, of, of God right now? What's at the heart? Remember, she said there's different rooms, and she kind of went up here, and she kind of went up here, and when she went up to one of these steps, she said it was souls. Do you remember that? Does everybody remember she talked about souls? You know, bottom line, God wants people saved. And you can do a whole lot more of that when you're not broke, busted, disgusted, and sick. Hello. You elevates you to places of influence so that then you can influence people. So that they can see that God is real. So that they'll want to serve Him. Amen. Let's look at uh, Psalm 126. Oh, I love this. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathens, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Notice what he says in verse 4. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. I want to note something at that point, and that is, they seem to have, uh, the psalmist seemed to have understood that God is the kind of God that turns things and continually turns them till it's right. He'll turn things. So, what kind of things does God turn? Well, how about policies? How about hearts? He's turning the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the fathers back to the children. What else does God turn? He turns seasons. 
You know, seasons are turned because of what he, what he The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it. Hello, God is turning things, friends. He turns things in your neighborhood. You've got to, we've got to cooperate with him. Somebody said amen. amen. He goes on to say, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, and he that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now I wanted to bring this up in Psalm 126. We are living in a day of miracles and I want to read it in the God's Word translation verse 3 of Psalm 126. I love this. It says, "The Lord has done spectacular things for us. We are overjoyed. We're beside ourselves." You know, I, 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 Pastor Kimberly was sharing earlier that there, there are just so many amazing testimonies that have come in of how God has turned and overturned situations. Rulings have been turned. Hallelujah. Bad contracts have been annihilated. I wish I had time to tell you the story of what's happening with the Hernandez house. We just had the impossible happen again. You already knew that we got really blessed, you know, uh, two years ago. The just uh, it, it, the, Our bank came to us and just wanted to forgive us $101,000. And I told, I've spent a whole service saying how that process happened. It just happened to happen that way. But, you know, it gets better than that. We just had something happen that absolutely does not happen. People in the industry say, this does not happen. How did this happen? We just had a modification of a modification. <laughs> this was like a double-double at, at In-N-Out Burger. Hallelujah. I mean, one modification. Okay, says, well, you don't modify something that's been modified already. Like, how does this happen? God. I said, God. He's the God of the turn around. And if you're not satisfied, you stay with it. I said, you stay with it. Stay with it. I mean, you know what? Here's, oh man, I can't hardly wait. Oh good. We're at that point. That, that is absolutely spectacular to us. There are people in the banking world that are like stunned. They say like, how did this happen? You, you can't do this. I says, we just did. I mean, God just did. Can I share? I just want to encourage you tonight that God is the God of the turnaround. Let me, let me, let, let's look at Esther right quick. Let's, let's look at Esther. I love this story. I absolutely love this story. How the Lord did something. And, and, the, and, and we'll skip to the end and then we'll see the process, how it happened. And you'll see how it might be happening in your life. But if you go to Esther chapter 9 and verse 2, I want to read Esther 9 too. Would you put it up there for us? I think it was in the King James is just fine. Notice, notice what he did. It, it says, is that Esther 9 too? It says, the Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hands on such as sought to hurt them. No man could withstand them, for the fear of the people came upon them all. Keep going to the next verse. And he... Verse (laughs) 3? It disappeared. See, I didn't bring a Bible because I'm trying to... There is and 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 all the rulers of the province, all the lieutenants and all the deputies, officers, kings helped the Jews because of their fear of Mordecai fell upon them. And and elsewise it says, and the Lord turned mourning into a good day. I love the way it says that. It says that it turned mourning into a good day. Can God turn 
a lousy life into a good day? I mean, can, can he, uh, I'm just saying, can he do that? Okay, okay, let, let's follow and let's see what happened with Esther and how this happened. First of all, it just so happens that Queen Vasti refuses and spurns her king like the king calls for her and she embarrasses him in front of everybody. It just happens to happen, you know. So then that embarrasses king in Esther chapter 1. And so the king consults with all the other wise people and says, man, we need to get rid of this. This is bad. If this, if everybody acts like this queen, if we let this her get away with this, all of our wives are going to mess with us. They're going to, boy, that's a bad day. And then, so we got to get rid of this queen Vasti. Let's look us for a new queen. King said, sounds like a good idea. I mean, imagine, and who would have thought that it's God working here? So then she's vanished, and now they're looking for a new queen. So all of a sudden, they're, they're looking for all the fine damsels in all, of the, you know, in all of the kingdom. And it would just so happen that the knockout beauty queen of the day would be Esther. An orphan whose mommy and daddy has passed away, and her uncle Mordecai was rearing her. I mean, could, that, could, could God use an orphan that just... I, I think he can. can. Can God, you know, just you, you're just in your little life with your little pretty face. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got favor. Somebody say, I've got favor. So, you know, Esther obtains favor in, in chapter 2. All of a sudden, you know, in addition to, to her becoming queen, uh, Mordecai, God happens to give him wisdom and insight to uncover a plot to, you know, be a traitor to the king. So, all of a sudden, that's recorded. You know, Mordecai helps save king's life. And that's forgotten and written. Listen, whatever you do in the name of righteousness is never forgotten. Always do the right thing. That's worth saying again. Always do the right thing. Because you know why? Because unto the righteous there arises light. You need to be un, we, we need to be uncompromisingly righteous and do the right thing. Elsewise, there might be an occasion for the enemy to step in and get a foothold and, and then the things may not, will not play out as well as they should. Hello. I'm not saying that God won't keep helping you if we, when we make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. But do endeavor to the best of your ability, do the right thing. Amen. Everybody said amen. So, uh, that's just recorded that Mordecai happens to save the king's life. But then, here comes a, another fellow by the name of Haman in the king's court. And now, this is interesting because we're talking politics. How many of you uh, know that politics is a hot deal right now? Politics, politics. This person, that person. Debate this. This policy and that policy. And this type of plan and that type of plan. Well, anyway, Haman is playing the politics and he actually gets promoted. And you think like, no, the wrong person got promoted, not him, not that guy. Hey, don't sweat it. You know, you got to understand, sometimes the way things play out, it isn't always the way we think. God has an amazing way of using the, the least likely in the most unusual ways, in the most timely fashion. And so, I mean, if it was you and me and we were praying, oh God, oh God, we need a, the new prime minister. It needs to be Mordecai. It needs to be Mordecai, Lord, Lord. And all of a sudden, Haman gets in there like, oh no, the dude is a jerk. Oh no. Don't sweat it. God's having his way. I said, God's having his way. You're in an apartment and some jerk moves in next door. Don't worry about it. God will have his way. They play the music real loud. The dog's barking. 
all day long. You could smell the cigarette smoke from through the wall. Like, oh, <laughs> it's harder when it hits home, isn't it? But God could still have his way. I'm telling you what, I, we could tell you stories of how we prayed certain things out of our neighborhood. Hallelujah. And prayed in the right things and helped people. And people were born again. Either they were born again or they moved out. Hello. <laughs> so don't sweat it when it doesn't look to you. You know, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Hey, God's an amazing God. Is it, but the end thereof is a way of death. And you know, God has amazing ways and so intricate. Like who would have ever thought that that's how he was going to do it? But he does it. Why? How could he do that? Because he's smarter than we are. Like Patsy said, he's, God's smart. Think about that just for a little bit. He knows the end from the beginning. So here's Haman. And not only, not only does he get elected, not, he, wasn't, he appointed to office is what it was. But he comes up with a real lousy policy. Let's kill the Jews. Oh, no. I told you. I told you he was a jerk. Now we're in trouble. So you see. So here you have a, po- a political move by a person to, to really slaughter people. And really, uh, let's make it, let's be clear here. People of promise, anointed people. Yeah. See, don't sweat it. When God is on your side, when you are blood bought, and even if there is an edict out to get you, we need to just remain calm and do what they did. We, we're going to walk the process out. God will take care of you. Don't worry about it. He, he needs you. God needs you in this earth because he loves you. And he needs you to save many multitudes alive. Hello. Yes. So the, God's job is to keep you alive in this earth to do what you got to do. Hallelujah. Keep you in your place. Praise the Lord. And expand your territory. So, you know, what do they, what do, they do? Well, uh, the, the, of course, the, the, I, I was saying that God turns policies, right? Policy number one is Haman's little writing, let's kill the Jews. Uh, policy number two, that one's on the books for a long time. If you approach the king at any time without his scepter being released to you, you will die. That's part of regal law. But Esther calls a fast. That's what Christians, it would be amazing if Christians would learn to pray. If I have time, we'll get into the prayer part of it. But she called a fast and they're all praying. Everybody's praying. Surprise. Prayer. Hallelujah. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, pray. With all manner of prayer and supplication, with specific requests, let your request be, you know, with thanksgiving. Surprise. Pray. So they're all praying, right? And then all of a sudden, God begins to move. Surprise, the king can't sleep. Here's intervention. So we talked about two policies. One is the policy that he wrote, Haman wrote, kill the Jews. Policy number two has been on the books for a while. You cannot approach the king unless the scepter's called for you. And if he doesn't call for you, that's it for you. So everybody knows it. Evidently, that's been practiced before. People say, I know I'm going to talk to king so-and-so. They step forward. I don't think so. No way, King. But see, uh, they prayed. Hallelujah. And get, get this. The first turnaround, the first thing that God turns around is that God gave her grace. God will give you grace. She stepped into an arena. There are arenas that you are called to step into, friends. You are called to step into them. And, you know, the protocol, I'm not telling you to be rude, but when God puts something on your heart and you have prayed through... And you know this is right. 
And she knew that it was right. She stepped into this arena, stepped into that arena, and she put her life on. It takes courage to do this, friends. You have to know that you heard from God. There's a thought. He said, my sheep hear my voice, the voice of another they shall not follow. How about being led by the Spirit? She stepped forward. You know, the grace of God was upon that girl and the favor of God and the king stretched forth his scepter to her. So there's policy number one that was changed. She may be the only person that ever stepped forward without being summoned, without getting beheaded. Who knows? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's not. The, but you know, there's a reason why she says, "Oh, this is it." And she says, "Everybody, fast and pray for me," because they must have said, "So and so tried it. So and so tried it. So and so tried it." Boom, boom, boom. And so everybody fast real hard for me. Hallelujah. It took courage for her to do that, didn't it? But with the prayer behind it, hallelujah, there's a thought. You've got to bathe all these things in prayer. Hallelujah. I'm so glad Heart of the Bay is a praying church. I'm so glad our pastors have, have it in their heart to make sure that there are plenty of prayer groups that we can get involved with, teaching on prayer, seminars on prayer. So not, we're not just praying, the spirit of prayer, lending ourselves to a life of prayer because we're supposed to be praying without, that's it. So here she goes. So, of course, uh, the king can't sleep. That's intervention by God. And then all of a sudden he says, read me the Chronicles. Do you think that was an accident? Read. So he, they just happened to open the book at the part where Mordecai is the dude that saved his life. I mean, how much of a coincidence? There are no coincidences with God, friends. God is deep. His understanding and his wisdom and his ability to work with people around you, your family, your friends. The, the, the economy, all of it. He's able to work with all of it in amazing ways to make the least likely come through for the, or, or the most unexpected come through the least likely at the most opportune time. Somebody said amen. amen. So then all of a sudden the king honor, honors Mordecai, you know, and then you know what happened is, is that, uh, that she, God gave her wisdom. We'll get wisdom. And she said, he, she, he, he gave her the plan to throw a feast and a meal. And of course, uh, this fellow Haman thought he's going to be honored. You know the story, right? So I can just, I want to move a little faster because there's other ground to cover. But, um, so, so he thought he's being honored. He's even bragging to his family. Oh, she wants to really honor me. How many of you know pride goeth before a fall? Mordecai, he was in sackcloth and ashes seeking God because he was standing for the truth. He was not seeking just for himself. He was seeking for he and his people. The other fellow, Haman, was just thinking about himself, pride. But you see, the Lord turned that around. So the, anyway, to make a long story, you know what happened. That they threw the, the thing. The king said, what do you want? What would you like? She says, well, first of all, this man, he's insulted us. He wants to kill us. He goes, what? And of course, the king's all wroth. And he goes outside. He's angry. And the guy's over here begging. The queen falls on her on the bed. And the king says, what? You're throwing yourself on the queen on top of everything else? And of course, uh, Haman is toast. So he, get, he and all of his family gets... And they get hung on the same, listen, the same trap that they were, the gallows that they were setting for all the Jews and the, to, 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 to hang Mordecai. They're the ones that hung on those gallows. Hello. And all the property that belonged to them, they all got to them. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying this, that you should rejoice when your enemy falls. But I'm just saying somebody's going to fall. And it's not going to be you. Somebody is going to lose and it's not going to be you. I don't rejoice when people lose. But you know what? If you're going to stand upright, you know what the scripture says? We are upright, but they are fallen. 
And, but we stand up right. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's got to fall. So, uh, you know, all the goods and things that are being transferred, it's going to come into your hands. It's coming from somewhere. So don't rejoice it when somebody falls. Be always compassionate. But Haman got it. <laughs> and those people bad-mouthing you, you just keep walking in love. How many have people bad-mouthing you? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm striking a note right there. Mm, tension in that stinking office. Mm. Lift up your hand. Tension at the workplace. Come on, lift up your hand. You know, oh, Jesus. And you know, like, duh, of course. Strife, people that are not born again. You know, strife and confusion and contention and, and not only contention, competition. Hello? Fear. There's, a, there's another one. How about this? The spirit of Antichrist. Just, just, they just hate you just because you're a Christian. Just because you've got love and life in you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not saying hallelujah because of that. But I'm saying hallelujah because God will turn it around for you. Praise God. The same way he did for them. Praise the Lord. So, of course, the, the other turnaround of this was that the king, the, the king gave Haman the right, excuse me, he gave Mordecai the right to write their own ticket. He says, you write your own ticket. And that was in, uh, in 8.5. Reverse the letters. I love the way it says that. He said, you go ahead and write them and you, he says, reverse what Haman did. Reverse the damage. Praise God, somebody. Reverse it. That sounds like a turnover for me. Hallelujah. So let me just talk real quick about this. This will be closing comments. This was really strong. We got this in prayer some time ago. And that is that persecution will arise. Persecution arises, friends. I mean, there's no way that you can stop persecution from arising. Uh, the word, first of all, the word will arise. Persecution will arise for the word's sake. That's absolutely scriptural. Mark 4, 17. You could put it up there. Persecution arises for the word's sake. You know, people can lend themselves to the devil and do things that hurt you and come against you and persecute you. Not, they may not even know what they're doing or they may or may not, but they're being moved by, by wrong spirits, if you understand what I'm saying. But see, persecution arise uh, for the word's sake. But I want, you, I want you to know something else. There's something else that arises. And this, we're going we're gonna to learn this one. We're going to take this from, from the story in Esther. And what we're going to we're going to look here is in Esther uh, chapter four and verse fourteen. I want you to catch this. Real, I want you to really put. How many of you can put your ears on real strong for about five more minutes? Put your ears on real strong. God wants to minister something to you. Are you ready for this, King James Virgin? He said this: For if you remain completely silent, Mordecai speaking to his to his uh, little niece, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Catch this, friends. Salvation and deliverance will arise from another place. That one phrase signifies to me, and I got this really strong in my heart, that there is a mandate on you as a righteous person for blessing. And I said, I shared this kind of off the cuff at the offering of time, but I want to look at a few scriptures just to put this deep into your heart. Think about this. When you talk about a, a mandate, a ma- let, me, let, me, let me give you what, what, what the definition is of, of a mandate. A mandate is a strong official decree, a legal decree that states that this must come, an authoritative order. For your deliverance and your blessing. See, God has an authoritative order 
for your blessing. All right, you as a believer. Okay, everybody, you all right with that? Now, let me take it a step further. You all have heard about a warrant for somebody's arrest. But you, you, we always think of a warrant for something as a negative thing. We, excuse me, we have a warrant for your arrest. But you see, a warrant is, is, an author, is also an authoritative order, if I could find this for you. Uh, is, is, is authority given to and to authorize to give formal assurance or a guarantee or a promise for someone's, check this out, not only, not only to secure a prisoner, but also it could be applied to other things because it could be for honorable treatment. It could be a warrant for payment. How about this? A warranty. You know, when you get you, you buy an appliance and you have you have a, a, a yeah thirty day warranty. Thanks a lot. How about a three year warranty? Well, if you get you could get extended warranty. What 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 does that warranty mean? It's an assurance. Check this out. It's an assurance that if something were to happen to this product that you just purchased, that all you have to do is activate and place a claim, and they have to fix it or replace it. Fair enough. All right. So there is a warrant out for the Christian's blessing. Now, now, what does that mean? The same way that you can think of a warrant for your arrest this is exactly how I got it. That if you were wanted, if you're wanted in one state for committing something and you run off to try to escape and you're a fugitive to another place. How about Joseph down in the dungeon? They took him and they put him in another place. That still the blessing is there's a warrant for him to hunt him down and overtake him. Just like a bounty hunter. (laughs) Uh, This uh, is like the Holy Ghost and the angels are like bounty hunters. They're hunting you down to give you a whole lot of bounty. Hallelujah. They're getting sprayed in the front row. I better back off. Now think about this. If I were to leave to another state, but my crime was in this state, they would secure me in this place and say they have a warrant for, and they would, they, they have a promise to secure me and hold me until it delivered me back or deliver me to justice. How about this? There is a warrant, Christian, for your blessing. And God has issued it. And no matter where you go in the universe, The highest mountain, the lowest valley, the deepest cave, the lowest sea, a submarine. No matter where you go, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Just think about this for a little bit. You see, they will overtake you. There is a warrant for you. They'll hunt you down. Deuteronomy 28 is very clear. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and diligently to do all of His commandments and so forth, that all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. They will arrest you like these. Can you imagine? Oh, Lord. Oh, would it be so? Absolutely. Can that, is that too good to be true? No, it's not too good to be true. It's the truth. Blessings will hunt you down. It says, oh, there you are. Whap. And then bless you. Praise God. Find you where you are. You know, 
If you happen to be a missionary and somebody arrests you and they put you in, in prison somewhere, I hope they don't do that to you, Lifeford. I'm looking at a few missionaries here. Where's my other missionary? He didn't make it to... Uh, uh, and, and the blessing of the Lord will hunt you down, praise God. Particularly if you're a praying person. Speaking, a believing person. I want to refer to one scripture that Paul said in the book of Philippians. That's why we should always pray for our missionaries, pray for people in on the front lines. It says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19, the apostle Paul knew the power of prayer and the ability of God for the turnaround. And he said, this shall turn by your prayer. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What shall turn? His captivity. This lousy situation is going to turn. It's not going to play out the way the devil wants to. It's going to go God's way. Hallelujah. So, back to this thing as we're closing out tonight. There is a mandate. There is an authoritative order for your blessing. There's an authoritative order to deliver you from the, from the uh, abrasive behavior of the of the people the supervisor that's over you or the co-workers that are that are just chiding against you and chiding there's an there's an a, 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 a heavenly mandate of favor on you to do something well how long is it going to take well it, it took it took joseph two years of of, of past two years after the the, the butler uh, was excuse me the butler was released and the other guy was <laughs> was uh, uh, executed but it took two more years so who knows how long he was down there in that place but don't be discouraged god is still the god of the god is still the god of the yes he is hallelujah So the blessing, so notice this, he said, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance and help will arise for the Jews from another place. Now I'm going to close with this thought. We've studied tonight how the turn of events happened. We could have looked at a lot of other stories of how the amazing little turn of events. But you see, we we live our life... Uh, you know, and we see one event come to pass and another event, and we only kind of see what's in front of our face, right? Unless the Lord shows us some things. But the, the thought here is that we are, we are not to be discouraged because of the turn of events or how long it takes, because we are to understand that ultimately God is in control of all the turn of events. He turns seasons... He turns hearts. He turns policies. Hallelujah, somebody. It should get you really, really happy. And here's a thought. If it didn't happen through this thing, here's a thought. A lot of times us Christians, if it didn't happen through this thing, we get discouraged. Oh, I went to this agency and they turned me down. Oh. (laughs) Friends. If this brook dried up, go to the other brook. Seek God. Where else should I go? You never stop. We're not of those that draw back through fear. But we are of those of the household of faith that press in. Listen, if one little brook dried up, it says, okay, you get back on your knees and pray and get more instruction. You know, you says, oh... I'm just lonely out here. I'm just going to starve and die. Don't play that weary game with us. God's trying to show you something. If salvation, you were, you, so you were in this particular contract and, and well, it didn't, or in this job situation, well, it didn't work out. Oh. 
You know, I, I, I'm going to say this respectfully. I have, I have people very near and dear to me that a job situation that they invested a long time in life in, uh, they were persecuted in that, and then ultimately they pushed them out. And they forced them into early retirement and things that were not all the best. And they stopped living right there. They just stopped. It breaks my heart. It breaks my and 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 they and, and they, they they live everything based on that that brook dried up. That's it, yeah. friends. There's so much more. There's always another door. And I'm gonna I, I got to take just a little bit of time. It's up to us to believe God that He is at work in situations. And I'm just going to refer to this. We don't have time to look at the scriptures, but we're talking about the uh, the story of the lepers in Kings where the king of Syria had surrounded them, all right? And they said, why sit we here till we die? Are you all remember that? That's in 2 Kings chapter 7. And they said, no, let's go. Let's, if we sit here, we die. If we go there, well, the worst thing that can happen is we die. So they went over there and the Lord did something because the Lord is always working because he's the God of the... Oh, come on, a little more. He's the God of the... So the enemy heard a big noise and this and that. But the thought here is this. They found everybody had fled and they're eating and putting on new threads and gathering goodies. And they say, you know, we got to go back and tell the king. And so they went to tell the king. And I want this is very, very important. While they were giving the report to the king that this is amazing, but all the stuff is left out there and just come out for the taking. This is absolutely amazing. There was a, a servant of the king that did not believe it. And I've got I've to say, this is where we are going to close. And it was in chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. Is that where he said it? I, wanna, I just want to go, okay. This was the prophecy. Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And of course, if you don't know the story, the city is under siege and it's gone to the point where they're taking their babies and boiling them and say, I'll eat my baby, we'll eat your baby today and, and tomorrow we'll eat your baby. That's the, the, it, was, it was bad. And, and people were spending outrageous sums. It was like, it was like imagine if, like, so, if the prophet came and said, the price of gas tomorrow will be 35 cents a gallon. <laughs> like everybody's in shock. Like, really? <laughs> I'm not prophesying that, by the way. I would like to. But if the Spirit of God is not going to say that, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Now notice this in verse 2. I want you to see this very carefully before, very carefully before we close. Then... A Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? You see, he was questioning, first of all, he, I think maybe he was mocking him and saying like, first of all, is it really even possible? Are there windows in heaven? Come on. And even if there were, hello, can this really be? Can God this really do this? Friends, that man didn't believe the prophet. Is that right? You have a choice to believe what the word of God is or not. I have a choice to believe it. But here's, the, here's, the, here's where the blessing or the damage is. If you believe it, you'll be blessed. If you don't believe it, you won't enjoy it. Notice what he said. The prophet answered to this guy when he said, 
Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And, and the prophet answered him and said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. In other words, you're not going to experience, you're going to see other people enjoying it, but you're going to get left behind. How many want to get left behind? No hands raised. And of course, the story is told in, in verse like 17 through 20, how they tramp, the, the king happened to have appointed him there at the gate. And when the news came out, the, everybody went out and trampled him like a rock concert. <laughs> and of course, everybody was blessed except him. Friends, you've got to believe that if this dried up, if this sale didn't happen, there's another sale. If this house didn't sell, buy, couldn't get this contract the way, there's another one. Hello, young lady, young man, if this guy, if this kind of relationship didn't work out and you had your heart set on this young man, don't worry about it. God's got a man of God for you. Uh, guys, ladies, God's got a man of God for you. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I've been, I've been to all the, all the specialists in the world and this and that. Well, God's got something reserved for you. If it doesn't work here, it'll arise Salvation and deliverance shall arise from somewhere. Keep your eyes peeled, friends. God is on the move. Because everybody say it. He is the God of the turnaround. Turn Stand up, everybody. Lord, we thank you.